1: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
0: Hi, this is Benjamin Jacobs, host of Wittenberg to Westphalia, the Wars of the Reformation. This episode was initially released on October 10th, 2014, and was the intro episode for my show, Wittenberg to Westphalia. Since it was recorded, much has changed in my life, and with the show, so today, on, let's see, June 6th, 2016, I'm recording some supplemental material to help new listeners get into the swing of the show. For the sake of posterity, I'm leaving the core portion of the show unmolested, and I'm only altering the before and after sections of the episode. To avoid repeating myself, I will save the rest of the content of my updates until after the show, so please stay tuned after this episode for some important announcements. The beginnings and endings of all human undertakings are untidy. John Galsworthy
1: Everyone's right, I know Sorry, that's the start and the end of the story, from the sharks and the jets to the call in the morning.
0: Hello everyone, and welcome. My name is Benjamin Jacobs, and you're listening to Wittenberg to Westphalia, The Wars of the Reformation. If you listen to other history podcasts, you probably have an idea of what you're in for, but for those who haven't, let me give you a rundown of what to expect. This is going to be my introductory episode, which means there will in fact be no history in this episode. In this episode, I'm going to attempt to introduce the topic of the podcast, explain the structure of the podcast, and then introduce you to me. And of course, the entire point of this entire operation is to convince you to come back next time, when there will be some actual history for you to learn. First off, let's introduce the topic. The topic is the wars of religion in early modern Europe. This might not be self-explanatory to most people, so I'm going to need to define early modern Europe, define the wars of religion, and explain why this is a good topic for a podcast. As the title of this podcast would indicate, the main topic of this podcast is the wars of religion, but I'm going to be using the wars of religion as a window of sorts in order to examine the early modern period of European history. Many of you are probably now nodding your heads and sagely saying, ah, yes, the early modern period, that so important and yet so poorly understood period of European history. Others of you may have no idea what I'm talking about, while a third group is probably laughing right now at the complete contradiction of calling something early modern. I mean, that's like calling something a jumbo shrimp, right? So let's just start off by all getting together and agreeing that Early modern is a completely ridiculous history person term, but it is somewhat descriptive, so I'm going to go ahead and give you a description of where it comes from and what it means. The man we have to thank for this lovely little bit of linguistic gymnastics is an Italian monk named Leonardo Bruni. Now he didn't come up with the term early modern, but he did invent the three-way split of history. The basic concept is that you start with antiquity, which runs from wherever you define the beginning of recorded history up until the fall of the Roman Empire, however you define that, but which most historians date to 487 AD. Antiquity, which is sometimes called the Classical Period, is followed by the Middle Ages, which is sometimes called the Post-Classical Period. I'm going to be calling it the Middle Ages, not only because it's half the number of syllables, but because then people will know what I'm talking about. This time period runs from 487, if that's your chosen end date for antiquity, to 1500, if that's your chosen end date for the Middle Ages. It would not have been Leonardo Bruni's chosen endpoint as he died in 1444. Sorry, Leonardo, they changed it. The Modern Period runs from 1500, if that's your chosen end date for the Middle Ages, to the present. As such, the Early Modern Period is just the early part of the Modern Period, For the purposes of this discussion, let's just say that the period goes from 1500 to 1800. Of course there's a lot of discussion about those dates as well. The period was actually named as such by a Marxist philosopher named Marshall Berman in 1982. This is an interesting point, even though this three-way split of history goes back to the Renaissance, and even though we've been talking about modernity since then, and even though there's been segmentation of these three larger periods since almost the very beginning, no one got around to defining this period as anything until 1982. My own amateur take on the historiography of this period was that it was pretty well ignored as a period, until the 80s and 90s. Certainly, historians did recognize the importance of the events that took place during this period, and there was study put into the transition between the Middle Ages and the modern period, but there was no attempt to look at the period as a holistic whole. I think this is widely reflected in the popular conception of this period, which is basically non-existent. There is some thought of the component parts, like the Italian Renaissance or the Protestant Reformation or the Scientific Revolution, but there isn't really any understanding of how these three things relate to each other, and certainly anything that happens apart from these three things is sort of not understood at all. And this has led to some really distorted views of things. Probably the most pertinent example of this in terms of our podcast is the cult of personality that's grown up around Martin Luther. Depending on whatever progressive ideal you favor at a particular moment, you can find lots of material talking about how Martin Luther was freeing Europe from the tyranny of the papacy, or eliminating superstition from European society. Or secularizing society, which is something he would have found particularly interesting. Oh, and he really would have liked that he was a Nietzschean superman who favored the state at the expense of the petty morality of religion. And I don't want to get into this too much, but I also don't want to pick on Martin Luther. Some of the depictions of some of the participants in the scientific revolution have been equally fawning. The real problem with all this hero-worshipy stuff is that if you listen to the popular conception of how this all works out, it really doesn't add up. We hear about the Italian Renaissance, and how the Italian Renaissance saved us all from the intellectual darkness of the Middle Ages, and then you hear about the Protestant Reformation, and how the Protestant Reformation saved us from the intellectual darkness of the Middle Ages. And then you hear about the scientific revolution, and how the scientific revolution saved us all from the intellectual darkness of the Middle Ages. Now, what if I were to tell you that these three movements took place during the same time period, in some years overlapping exactly in literally the same time period? All of a sudden, studying these three events separately makes no sense whatsoever. My goal with this podcast was to create a comprehensive view of this period but I knew I didn't have it in me to do the entire early modern period. Beyond the rather extensive time frame, there's the issue of there's really nothing tying it all together. It's kind of a diffuse time period. All these different things are going on, so I needed a window through which I could look and examine the themes, examine some of the events, have a narrative to tie it all together so it wouldn't be extraordinarily dry and boring. My original concept was going to be a history of the Thirty Years War. But the more I researched it, the more I realized that just doing a history of the Thirty Years' War would be as bad as just doing a history of the Scientific Revolution without any other context. And so my scope broadened to include the entirety of the Wars of Religion. Now, you're probably wondering, champing at the bit to finally know what are the Wars of Religion, so I'm going to tell you. The simple definition is that the European wars of religion were all those wars of religion that started after Martin Luther nailed his 95 theses up to the Wittenberg Castle Church in 1517. Most historians, when they tell the story, focus on the six major conflicts that make up the wars of religion. The Peasants War, the Shulmandic War, the French Wars of Religion, the Eighty Years War, the Thirty Years War, and the War of the Three Kingdoms there are a number of problems with this structuring of the wars of religion. Even within this structuring, there's a weird tension, because most historians think that the Thirty Years' War was the main event of the wars of religion, and when it ended in 1648, things were kind of done. Except that the English War of the Three Kingdoms continued until 1651, and ending it in 1651 really doesn't tell the whole story, really kind of need to go till 1688 with the glorious revolution so there's this weird kind of tailing off of events that kind of doesn't make sense within this conception and then there's the fact that there's other wars that were going on during the same time period that were really intimately connected to these wars and even if they didn't necessarily have religion as a main focus the fact that right next door, there was a major war going on, really had a lot to do with, for example, the Swedish war against Poland and Russia. And then there's the fact that when you're talking about the interaction between conservative European religion, as personified by the papacy, interacting with a uh, revolutionary Protestant religion, there are examples that go back pretty far, and... Even within the scope of the area that we're talking about, you have the Hussite Rebellion, which happened maybe a generation before Martin Luther, but definitely had a key effect on the wars of religion, because that happened in Bohemia, which is the place that sparked off the uh, Thirty Years' War, for example. At the same time, though, I think that just by explaining the... Broad breadth of time that we're talking about and the really varied events, you can sort of start to see why I think this is such a great window into the early modern period. Depictions of the beginning of the Wars of Religion show men in thick metal armor on horseback charging into battle with masses of undisciplined peasant levies. By the end, we're talking about gunpowder armies fighting in lines in massive set piece battles with artillery. You can really see the way things have changed, and it's not just militarily, in terms of trade, in terms of intellectual development, anything you can really think of, there's a massive change that happens during this period. The goal of this podcast being to give the listener a good introduction to the early modern period, I think that these wars of religion provide a really great window for doing that, and a pretty exciting story to boot. So I think now's a good time to talk about how I'm going to structure this material. To do that, I'm going to explain the nuts and bolts, then the background, then the main narrative section and the epilogue. First, of course, the nuts and bolts. The podcast is going to be 30 to 45 minute episodes every two weeks. I haven't done this before, so I don't know what I'm going to be able to maintain. uh, This is what podcasters I respect to do, so I'm going to try and aim for that, and if I don't make it, then I'll adjust accordingly. So this is going to be a lecture format-style podcast, like Mike Duncan's History of Rome. I'm going to try to start each episode with a short quotation, read by a friend or family member. If anyone out there has a good mic, I'm certainly willing to have guests do one. Just uh, send me an email, and we'll see what we can arrange. So much for the nuts and bolts. Now, to begin with, of course, I'm going to need to do a background. We can't understand how the world was changing in the early modern period, unless we know what it was changing from, namely the Middle Ages. So I'm going to do a section of non-narrative storytelling about the way society was structured in the Middle Ages will just be six to ten episodes, and it'll set the scene by building a picture of society up to and including the year 1500. I'm going to do this by devoting each episode to some aspect of society, like the life of the peasant or the economy, something to explain the way people lived in the Middle Ages just before the Protestant Reformation. And then I'm going to conclude with a sort of couple episodes summary of political events leading to the Protestant Reformation. I'm not exactly sure how long this is going to take, but hopefully I can fit this and the previous section into that six to ten episode chunk that I've just mentioned. Once we're done with the background section, we're going to get to the main narrative body of the story. Now, I spoke earlier about the conventional segmentation of the wars of religion into the six main conflicts. These divisions are in many ways as arbitrary and uninformative as the concept of early modern Europe is to a layperson. This being my podcast, I feel no compunction to follow the standard way of telling this story. Though I will likely continue to reference the more conventional breakdown, I've broken this period into five broad phases that I think better reflect uh, the phases of the conflict the wars of religion, as opposed to these smaller conflicts. The first phase is the intellectual phase, 1517 to 1546. This war is mostly fought with words, diplomacy, and simmering feudal conflict, although the Peasants' War, which takes place during this period, was very brutal and violent. Mostly it's characterized by mass conversions around Europe and the powers that be struggling to cope with the new environment and mostly incapable of response. The second phase I call the Civil War phase, and it lasts from 1546 to 1598. This phase is characterized by a shifting series of increasingly violent civil wars that threaten to unravel European society. It includes the French Wars of Religion, the Chilmandic War, and the beginning of the Eighty Years' War. The third phase I call Disaster, because I'm dramatic like that. This phase lasts from 1546 to 1598, and its central conflict is the Thirty Years' War, although it also includes the later part of the Eighty Years' War and the beginning of the War of Three Kingdoms. In this phase, the civil wars become a single continent-scale conventional conflict on a scale Europe had not witnessed since the fall of the Roman Empire. The powers-that-be can neither contain the conflict, nor support its continuance, nor end it. Finally, the final phase of the conflict. England and the Colonies, 1648 to 1688. In this phase, the Civil War in England reaches a fever pitch and then is seemingly resolved three different times. This, of course, has a great impact on England's fledgling colonies, which we will address. The final section will be the epilogue and will include a brief discussion of the ways a few of the ongoing political conflicts play out and a discussion of the general consequences of the wars of religion. In between the sections that I've just outlined, I'm going to try and take a break in order to get my notes in order, de-stress, and prepare for the next section. During the main sections, I am going to take some time away from the narrative in order to highlight things that are important but maybe don't necessarily fit into the narrative itself. So the place of women in society, the development of the economy and technology, things like that. So, uh, that I think leads into who am I? As I've mentioned, my name is Benjamin Jacobs. I'm an urban planner by training, and an amateur historian by inclination. And I live in Providence, Rhode Island, which many have described as the Paris of the far eastern portion of the southern portion of New England. Uh, I grew up in New Jersey, and I'm not sad I left. Uh, Rhode Island is great, and has pizza that is almost as good as New Jersey's. I have a wife and a cat. One of whom is very beautiful and supportive, and the other of whom sometimes uses the litter box next to me when I'm doing podcasts. I got into podcasts about a year ago, and I mostly listen to them on the way to work or when I'm washing dishes or cooking dinner. The first couple podcasts I got into were um, not history-related. Alton Brown's podcast was first, and Freakonomics, just a bunch of NPR stuff. But then I found Mike Duncan's History of Rome, and from there, History of Byzantium, from there, Talking History, the Italian Unification. It was in fact Benjamin Ashwell of Talking History that gave me advice and uh, the encouragement to start up. So, again, thank you very much, Benjamin, and if this first couple of episodes is any good, it's due to his kind advice, and if it's terrible, then it's totally my fault. In addition to those few, of course, there's just so many great history podcasts out now that you really can just jump from archive to archive, which is pretty much what I do. So I'm a, a little behind on the ones that I'm really into, but I'm always catching up. I'm just about to tuck into the history of the Crusades. I'm very excited about that and the history of China, so yay. Now, none of the things I just mentioned were really good arguments for why you should listen to me in particular as opposed to anyone else. I hope that. This introductory episode has, you know, made me sound interesting in terms of my ability to present material. Um, I also think that, as a urban planner, my ability to look at different levels of perspective simultaneously will be a interesting way to look at history. I should apologize up front, though. I have no head for languages, and my pronunciations can sometimes be a little off. I am uh, largely French by descent. But that hasn't really translated to an ability to pronounce things properly in French or in any other language, so I do hope you'll bear with me. I am also still getting the hang of the technological side of this. Uh, I've been working with audio equipment for many years. I was the president of my college's radio station and things like that, but I haven't done much recording. so. I just downloaded Audacity in order to do this project, and there have certainly been some growing pains. So your patience is appreciated. I'm sure as we go, uh, the growing pains will be less. That said, I'm always going to be open for um, corrections, suggestions, uh, ideas, or anything along those lines, so please contact me. One other thing I really need to address is that this podcast is the product of a Kickstarter campaign. A ridiculously successful one. My friends and family and complete strangers are way too generous. I know you've probably heard a million people say this at this point, but I really am just so blown away by how generous everyone was. In particular, four individuals have given me enough that their reward was that I read their names out on the introductory episode and thank thank them personally. So here goes, Dr. Joseph Bowles, Dr. Susan Taylor, Dr. Craig Murphy and Claire Murphy. Apparently, someone advertised my Kickstarter at some sort of medical convention. Thanks so much, you guys, and really, it means a lot. I'm definitely going to do my best to put all your hard-earned money to good use. Got a whole bunch of books in the mail, some great equipment, I've already got this mic, so we're off to a good start. On the subject of generosity, I would also really like to thank the band Not A Surf, for generously allowing me to use their music in the intro and outro of my podcast episodes. I felt these pieces of music complemented the themes that I would be going for over the course of the series, and I hope you'll agree. And I hope you'll check out their other work at their website, which is www.notasurf.com, and look up some of their stuff. So on that note, I guess I'll sign off and let you hear the outro music. Today on Wittenberg to Westphalia, The Wars of the Reformation, We covered what the topic is going to be, how I'm going to structure it, and generally introduced you to me and hopefully convinced you to come back for the next episode. That episode will be in two weeks, hopefully, and is going to cover the geography of medieval Europe. Talk to you later, and thanks for listening. Greetings! Once again, it is I, Benjamin Jacobs, your host. At the time of recording, I'm in the process of joining the Agora Podcast Network, a process that involves moving to a new hosting platform, Uh, I'm moving to ACAST from Libsyn. I thought that this would be a good time to update the introductory episode, since so much of what I had said went out the window within a few weeks of recording, and I'd never really gone back and updated that, and this could all be probably pretty confusing for new listeners. So, let's go down the list. In terms of the content, the overall goals of this show remain unchanged. I will be discussing the early modern period and state formation through the lens of religious conflict. No change there. I'm just taking a bit longer to get there than expected. Partly this is because of my release schedule, which we'll get to in a second, but also because I feel it's more important to tell a good story than stick to some artificial plan, and because it's my show and I wanted to. So. As eager as I am to get to 1500 and the beginning of the Wars of the Reformation and all that stuff, I felt it was important to really flesh out the walking tour portion, set the stage uh, for the early modern period by talking about the Middle Ages, that kind of thing. So what you can expect from the background section of this podcast is first the walking tour, which is substantially longer than I had originally planned, and then a description of how European medieval society was formed, uh, in the early Middle Ages, uh, particularly from the perspective of the Gadeshi family, who you may not have heard of, but who you will come to love. This will shade into a discussion of the investiture controversy, uh, and then a less linear discussion of the nature of feudalism, uh, and a summary of pre-1500 religious conflicts of Europe. Once we get up to the year 1500, I'll put out another State of the Podcast episode to sketch out the way forward. One of the things I've learned from the experience of this intro episode and the subsequent episodes is that looking too far ahead is just simply unwise. In terms of the basics of the podcast structure, the bi-weekly release schedule is moot, and has been since the beginning, and the concept of a schedule is laughable. I try to release at least once every month. No promises on a date, and really no promises at all beyond that. Some people are really into schedules. I'm not one of those people. I have a job, and a family, and a very demanding cat. If this is a problem for you, I apologize. You can just do what I do and let ten episodes build up before binging. I really recommend it. The episodes were originally going to be twenty minutes long, as I said earlier, and then I let them grow into these hour-and-a-half-long epics. Then I realized that this was a bad idea, so I'm back to a half-hour range. If you don't like longer episodes... I agree with you. It was a bad plan. Please accept my profoundest apologies, and live in the understanding that things get better. If you like longer episodes... Remember that thing I just said about letting ten episodes build up and then binging through them? Yeah. Finally, and as you may know, being a member of the Agora Podcast Network means that there are going to be some ads on this podcast. This wasn't always the case, but now it is. I can't tell you when... Acast puts them in dynamically based on their current campaign, so for all I know, you may have heard one already, but the ads are put in either at the beginning or at the end of the episode, not in the middle. So hopefully that won't be too distracting. On a more fun note, I take donations, and whoever donates will be given an amusing regnal name, which will be announced at the beginning of the next episode and put up on the website. So you too can be renamed from boring old John Smith to John of the Golden Stapler, Or whatever. Anyway, I hope this episode was not too long and boring. I felt it was important. They do get better, and thanks for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50-80% to less than other high-end brands. And the best part?